This is your last episode for a month. You're, yeah. you're going to wine and dine yourself in Italy. Mm-hmm. And we have got the biggest day of racing. Of in the, the Queensland Carnival. Carnival. The Queensland Carnival, that's right. So, Eagle Farm. Um, are we going to go straight there? Did you have anything you wanted to talk about from last weekend? Um, not really. I didn't really get a chance to do a heap of punting last weekend, so I kind of missed out on everything. What did you guys think of it? Um, devastating is the word that yeah. comes to mind. I quit shooting last week, so I'm all good. Fresh. Oh, did you quit last week, Dana? You're back now. Um, well, have we started this podcast? Yep. Oh, we have. Cool. So, Oracle, this is, this is quite minor, but I'm just going to put 20 bucks in my account right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that 20 bucks during this podcast. During this podcast. During this podcast, I'm going to place bets. Are we doing like units or what are we going to do? I'm not sure. It's just 20 bucks. So whatever okay, whatever we think 20 bucks is good for, Yeah, I'm just going to do it. Okay. Done. Just whenever you just whenever you see fit. Whenever I do it, Oracle. Yeah, you do. Mm, I don't know if I'm a man, but I'll try. Something sounds really juicy, Oracle. I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, maybe you just go whack. I've actually already put cool. I've actually already put some on on that one you told us about, which we'll touch on later. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, this can get a bit of it. Oh yeah, that one is oh, very that one's juicy. So juicy. So it's just got the hardest part's got to get in the field. We just need it in the field, and then we're laughing. Okay, good. So, Eagle Farm. Now, you think there might be a potential track bias here on Saturday? Yeah, so did you, did you – I went back and watched the replays of last weekend. Did you think it kind of favoured those a bit more up on speed? I I, I guess so. Because, like, if you go back and look at the runs of, like, say, in the Oaks and stuff like that, like the winner and then the, the second horse, they both had the perfect runs and trends that were in ahead of midfield. Yeah. And then you look at some of the other ones, like it was really, really hard for horses to make ground up. Yeah, uh, now that you mention it and I think about it, yeah. So I'm just worried, like, is, is is this something that we're going to see? Like, the rail's out on Saturday, about four metres. Someone moving a lot. So, yeah, so, like, I felt like um, I get, was just watching those races last week. It did look like it, favored, it, it had more, I don't know, it just seemed to favour those more on speed horses. I don't know why. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think I'd forgotten a lot of it. I think it suppressed a lot of my memories of last weekend, to be honest with you. Yeah, that makes sense. It was one of those. Because, like, I think, like, if you look at it, the only horse to really run on a great deal probably was Foxy Frieda. And she, well, she's just a freak horse and was just, like, the best horse in that race. Um, but the rail was out two metres in that position. So you think if if it shifts out to the four-metre position, which it is going to be on this weekend, I don't know, I just, I just have concerns and I probably won't. I probably won't be recommending a bet in the first probably two races or so, just for the pure fact that I just want to see how the how the the track is playing. Yeah. Okay. 
And so, what so the weather's – What do we got, though? Yeah. What... So the weather's perfect, which is awesome. So as as we all expect with, with Eagle Farm, it's, it's one of the best draining tracks here in Australia. So even if it was to rain, it wouldn't surprise me if we were still dealing with a, with a good deck. Um, so we've got obviously the feature race, which is the, the 1400 meter handicap in Stradbroke. And then you got a really, really good, um, eight races, well, eight races, which is supporting it. So you've got the group one, JJ Atkins, which is probably the main support. And you've got the group two, Dane Ripper, which is the main lead up to the Tats Tiara, which is the, I guess the Phillies and Mares group one on the, the last day. You've got the group two Q22, the group two Brisbane Cup, and then you've got the group three Guns in classic and then a couple of listed races littered throughout there so when we're looking at purely from like a like a quality of racing perspective like the the fields are enormous and and they're really really good with um with i guess some really good betting prospects which is great yeah that's what i want to hear i haven't uh, i haven't really had a good look at the fields yet besides the stradbroke one and i am so excited for the strategy yeah, the strat is good. It's um, I really, really like the field. I think it's a really strong field, and I think you can you can look at it from a few different angles, which is which is interesting. And I know that there's a lot of people coming out there, and and I guess potting think about it, which I just don't understand. Are so, they really? Yeah, I've got a couple of people talking up other horses. Like I know Converge is getting a lot of a lot of noise, even though think about it, beat it very comfortably. But I reckon we I reckon we touch on that race now anyway. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So the Stradbroke Handicap, so it's a really – it's got a lot big history. A lot of good horses have won this race before. So it's a three-year-olds and upwards handicap with the the minimum weight 49.5 kilos, which you would see there with Opal Ridge and Hawaii 5.0 down there. Um, it's a really, really tough race purely for the fact that it's a handicap, um, but it's always good watching because it's got such a big field coming down that big, long straight there at, um, at Eagle Farm. So, if you have a look through the fields there, so it's I think it's a field of um, twenty or nineteen or twenty. Can't remember. I think so. There's there's nineteen. I'm pretty sure. Opal Ridge yeah. is the first emergency. Yeah. So you got Opal Ridge, Dragon Leap, Cinnamon, Yellow Brick, likely to come out. So what you'll see is a lot of these horses' barriers will come in a little bit, except for any horses like Yellow Bricks drawn 22. But for the other three, you'll find a lot of the horses will shift in. Um, I've got a decent amount of pace, um, like a fast pace set in my speed map. So I've got Rothfire and Holyfield rolling across from their wide alleys. And then I've got Surf Dancer just parking up outside, Gentleman Roy there, who's going to take up the running from the inside barrier. So I want to just touch on the horses are kind of in the market more than anything. So when we look at Think About It, I think he's right priced around the $3 mark. I think he's drawn really, really nicely in Barrier 12. And as we've seen with his um, with his nine starts, he's actually very tactically versatile. So he can roll forward, sit just off a fast tempo, but he's also can can flop out the back and then finish um, over the top of them. So obviously I think the one of the main lead-up races too. To the Strabroke is the, the Group 1 Kings' Miss Cup, which, think about it, won. Now, we beat Converge, Rothfire, King of Sparta, Shallow, Balana. I've got a few horses here that, he, that he's going to face. So he drops now from 59 kilos in that weight for age uh, race to um, – yeah, in that weight for a um, – sorry, not weight for age. Yeah, I think it was on a handicap, I think it was. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, and he drops back to 54 kilos here. So he actually gets a one-and-a-half kilo weight swing on Converge, and I think he had him covered to the line, oh, which is really interesting. Mate, this horse, um, how good do you think he is? So well, he's won his last, what, uh, what is it, at least six, but 
I mean, his dad, so his his dad, uh, so you think, um, probably one of my favourite horses ever. Freak of horse, absolute beast. Just a, just so lovely to watch. Um, yeah, and just the way he would just dominate races from the front and just put them away, just like one of a kind. And do you, uh, do you think he's do you think he's got a bit of that about him? No, he obviously he, doesn't he, have the same racing pattern, but. If you go back and look at his figures, then he's not putting any kind of like amazing figures up on the clock or or like above benchmark type figures when he's running. But what he's doing is he's just continually stepping up through the grades and just just doing his thing. Like I know when we spoke about it leading up to the to the Kingsford Smith Cup, I had worries about him stepping up to weight for age for the first time. But he just keeps going from strength to strength. And I think moving if you, if you look at with natural development, like we've got to look at, he's a he's a lightly raced four year old. If we look at natural development, he could end up being arguably Australia's best racehorse in six twelve months time. Who knows? And if you're looking at his breeding factor, like he's by so you think. So there's nothing saying that him stepping up to the mile or even beyond is something out of his realm, particularly as he gets a bit older in in, in his career. But his record speaks for itself. Like nine wins. Um, so nine starts for eight wins and a third, and you could arguably say that that third that he had um, at, at Warwick Farm that day when he lost to Capo Strada, he was quite unlucky, and he probably should have won that race. So he could be undefeated technically, and I think Joe Pride has got a very, very good horse there. Yeah, and um, I guess the more I think about it... <laughs> <laughs> I like that there. The more I think um, he's going to fucking win this race, man. I, th- I think I definitely think he's 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 the right favourite, and this is the gun to my heads there, Dano. I think he'd be my bet if if I had to pick one. Um, I think he could make a case for Hawaii Five O. Like he, the horse was ultra impressive in that in that Fred Best uh, classic beating Yellow Brick. It was it was an absolute pearler from Nash, but the horse actually dropped from fifty seven kilo to forty nine and a half here, and it's actually drawn really nicely in Barrier excuse me, barrier three to just park up behind Gentleman Roy and, and Surf Dancer. So if you're looking at purely from a map perspective, I think Hawaii 5 is going to end up in a better position than think about it. It's just a matter of whether he's a um, whether he's a better horse than, than him or not. I recall the gun to the head talk. Mm-hmm. Is it relative to my... Um... No. Okay. <laughs> this is the... This is this is a really tough race, Dano. Like traditionally, it can throw up a, a roughie or two. I thought Hawaii Five is definitely your map horse. I think that's the horse that you're going to just, I guess, the one that's going to get the advantage of being inside draw and probably drawing next door to to Gentleman Roy. Now, the, the Hawaii Five I've seen a lot of um, people that call themselves experts talking about how they think it's a lay. Well, that's the reason why that is. Is three year olds don't have traditionally don't have a very good record in this race. Yeah, and um, that's it? probably. And again, the horse loses Nash and and gets Rachel King. And not to say Rachel King is is not an elite rider because I'm a big fan of hers, but I just think Nash is that kind of rider who will hit those those 50-50 gaps and he'll get the best out of your horse. And I'm just not sure if Rachel's that person. But at the same time, she's an elite rider. And, um, again, if she's on one of my horses, I'm, I'm not going to be losing confidence, that's for sure. And there's every chance Nash isn't on that because he can't make – well, there's the he reason he's weight. not on that is because he can't make that weight. No, I think Nash rides – I think his minimum that he can ride maybe 56 
56 yeah. and a half. So that's why he usually races in the weight for age races and not so much these handicaps. Yeah, because I really liked it at that sh- at that weight, but the, but like I said, the more I think about it, it's think about it. Although Ruthless Dame is one that I actually kind of really like at that pr- on each weight price as well. So Ruthless Dame's another one, but it's coming out of the Sangster. Now the Sangster's a really really weak Group One, and the and the figure that was put up for that race was was pretty shit ass to be honest. So I've got concerns with that, but again, we he's got our um, Ruthless Dame's got our boy on, so we can't never ever discount the horse. Yeah, he's got the D. Yeah. Yellow yellow bricks are not going to make the field. Cardinal Gem is one that's in our black book. And now we – well, I commented on the Group 3 BRC sprint and I thought the horse was enormous behind Surf Dancer, particularly considering that Surf Dancer saved ground up the middle, Dragon Leap also, and then um, we had uh, uh, Cardinal Gem absolutely rocketing down the outside. So he drops from 58 to 54 kilos, and I think he's drawn to sit a little bit more handy here in barrier six. So as long as Jordan Charles can get the horse out of the barriers and sitting a bit more handy, I think he'll he'll present at the right times, and he'll certainly be fighting out that finish. Aft Cabin's the interesting one. Now, I know it's one of those ones where a lot of, a lot of people have an opinion on this horse because – I thought the trial back in the 2nd of June was really nice there at the over the 10, I think it was the 10.50 um, with Karen McAvoy on at Randwick. It was a really nice trial, very slick. And I think the horse is like round up, ready to go. The problem is, though, is the barrier, barrier 19. And I was going to pot Voldemort, but after what he did last weekend, riding five winners, I can't be saying he's, he's out of form anymore. So I think he's going to be hungry. Opal Ridge, like I said, won't make the field before. I don't think Rothfire's going to see out a strong 1,400 metres, and I think that was evidence uh, last start when he had the run of the race over the 1,300 metres and think about it, and um, Converge still got over the top of him. Um, I think Chain of Lightning, I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by. I don't think it's a chance. Uh, you got Valana there. Now, was, what was really interesting is I think one of the racing journalists, for, I think the Courier Mail put out an interview or an article where he was discussing Valana's chances with J-Mac. And J-Mac came out and said he's the forgotten horse and he's quite bullish about it. And the odds literally were slashed from about $51 into 21 which is really interesting. Yeah, and then you've got, yeah, J-Mac, and then you got the J-Mac tax. Yeah, the J-Mac tax, exactly right. And then you've got um, Gentleman Roy, obviously, there as well, who's I thought was one of the forgive runs in that in that group on Kingsford Smith Cup behind, think about it. And I think if you look at his map, he's going to map to be in front. And I think that point one of a length off Jack and O over the 1,400 metres in the CF4, I think, is is going to put him in, in good stead. Can, you tell you what I, can I tell you what I think? I would – I'd lay Valana, I'd lay Converge, I'd lay Gentleman Roy – I would not leave Scalapini out. You want to leave? You want to put Scalapini in? Do you I think? Do. do you think on even weights in a Group One, he can beat? Like he's he's carrying one and a half kilos more. Than you think about it. I just think Boris and O'Day. I just wouldn't leave him out. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I wouldn't. I, and, but yeah, I mean, like I said before, I'm really, really just leaning towards think about it. I just think he's just going to show how good he is. I think if, if you're looking at purely from a black like quaddy perspective, I'd be – I'd probably chuck um, – yeah, I'd probably go th- – you're going to write these down, Dana? All right, it, it's all right. We can – Corbs will probably yeah, yeah, write Corbs it down. Is, Corbs is writing it down. Cool. So then I'd be going um, three. Yep. Seven. 
Uh, sorry, three, four, seven, nine, ten, twelve, and eighteen. Yeah, Mickey D. Do you reckon he's uh, one to follow t- on this day? Of course, he's just an elite jockey, and you can see that. Like he went over to Hong Kong, and he's having a handful of winners. He had a winner on on debut in Hong Kong in his first race, so he's an elite jockey. He's riding in really good form. Um, yeah, I like the horse. You love the D, don't you, Dano? Yeah, yeah, love the D, mate, Mickey D. He's going to Hong Kong soon, isn't he? Oh, he's in Hong Kong. He's flew back fit. They've given, they've granted him release to ride the group once. Oh, right. Yeah. Jeez. He's killing it now. I remember he riding not... The, is he riding the D? What? He is the D. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was like not... He wasn't... I mean, has he just kind of really become a favourable jockey recently? I think probably in the last 18 months he was really starting to find his find his feet because I know when he, he went through, he wasn't really getting a lot of top-line rides and now that all your big jockey or your big stable, sorry, like Kieran Maher, Dave Eustace, Waller uses him a lot, like all the big stables are now using him because they just realise how reliable he is and he will always execute a race plan as as, as guided by either the owners or, or by the trainers. Does it coincide just, with that Mansoy's derby win? Oh, I think he was hitting form before then. Yeah, right. But even then, that was that was pretty elite, though. That ride. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, you cannot. Yeah, he's getting a bit up there with like Nash for me. Just as yeah, oh, mate. So much confidence when you see him on. Oh, when you see him on your horse, you're just screaming and like just so happy about it, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, what what do you think? Do you like anything in this race? Not really. So honestly, if you if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, I'd probably be backing Isthmus, but it's just one of those things that it's it's a maiden. It's the form race. It's probably got the strongest figure coming out compared to all the other horses, and it's got a really good SP profile. So it started two fifty in that race. So obviously the the big syndicates backed it in. So yeah. Gun to my head, I'm going Smith, but really it's probably one of those races that I probably want to just see how the track pattern's playing more than anything. All right, so race two, the Gunsin Classic. Now, Yellow Brick's probably going to go around in this, isn't he? Like, the likelihood he will. And to be honest, like, I've got – we've got I've quite a few horses in the black. I've got two horses in the black book here, and then we've got the Cokehead there sitting at um, in the third line of betting around the 550 mark. Yeah, he'll be – end assembly, he'll be playing up. He'll be playing up, and he's got he's got um he's got Jimmy Orman in there. So if you look at purely from a speed map perspective, this the the only two horses I have rolling forward are the Racketeer, which is obviously a seventy one dollar pop, and and End Assembly also. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy Orman does exactly what he did in the Fred Best and just roll forward, take the lead, and say play and and place catch me. Um, I think Yellow Brick from Barrier 3 can just park him behind the speed, so I don't think there's going to be a worry if there is a bias playing. The two interesting horses and the two black bookers that I've got are, are Redna and Soothsayer. Now, I really liked that. I had quite a large bet on on Redna last start in, um, in a BM72 um, at Rose Hill on 20th of May. Now, it was really, really good um, in the start before behind Token Capitalist where it just rocketed through to the line and then it stepped up and Jasper Franklin actually hit the front with it and just, just kept going and going and going. Um, it's never won at the distance, which is interesting. So it's had four attempts at the mile for, for two-thirds. So I think that's a little thing that's playing on my mind with it rolling forward. The horse that I really like at odds is, um, is Soothsayer. 
Now, I said that when we put it in the black book. I thought he was really, really good um, in that uh, Gold Coast Guineas behind Yellow Brick, the one where he sat wide, and I think it clocked the race as fast as last 200 metres. So I think he'll be better suited to the mile. So he's had three starts for two wins and a second there, um, and he, he likes the Eagle Farm track, and he's actually drawn really nicely with um, with Boris on board. So I think if you are playing early quarters, I know Barnes will probably be playing one. I'd be putting Soothsayer in there as well, along with Low Brick. Yeah, Boris on, extra 200 metres. Um, yeah. I really like that. You get $16 about him at the moment. And, and like, like, honestly... Is that worth anything with, out of my 20? No. <laughs> I just think... I think with even luck, down at the dollar sixty-five thing wins, and I think Soothsayer will be the fast finishing horse who will probably catch the eye and probably jag a place. You'll get you. You'll spend your twenty. You'll spend your twenty. So we got we got race three, the Wayne Wilson. So this is the Wayne Wilson. So this is probably for you, all your Stradbroke reject horses, like the ones who don't make the field but still run a run over the mile. So listed race, like I said before, uh, it's wait for age. So you'll find that like, as you can see by that. Um, the males are carrying 59, and then there's only one mare in this race, which is um, Chummy Baby. There's one I wanted uh, to talk to you about in here. Uh, Munhamek? Munhamek? How do you say it? Munhamek? Um, yeah, Munhamek. So, you ask me. Yeah, sorry. Do you, sorry how do you Dana. pronounce that, Dano? Munhamek. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. Um, now, that we were talking about how long he'd been up previously yeah and then i laid him last week in the quaddy and of course he came out and won by one half length yeah so i don't know like how the hell is that thing still going i think it's one of those horses that just will always be in work it just loves to stay fit as you can see like he had that spell for what he had what he did run the golden mile i think just behind here to shock and then freshened up and then he came up here billy egan on board elite ride took the lead and, and the rest the, the, the race was over. So Brigantine was good in that race, as was Charmy Baby, which is one of the horses that we spoke about at odds. I think um, it shortened in and, and paid a really good price. Um, I really like the horse in this race. I think it's a great chance. Yeah, really? The honest truth is I'm, I'm just worried. Like, <laughs> I just look at this field and I see Antino there and I'm just not sure, like, He's coming out of a class six when the rest of these horses are coming out of listed grade and, and group races. Like, you look at Kerwin's Lane, like, he was a really, really good um, 12th. It sounds funny on paper, but a really good 12th in that Kingston Smith Cup behind Think About It. And as you can see, Think About It races, they just keep producing winners. So the horse actually copped, like, a really, really good 600-metre uh, to 200-metre sectional. And it was the 22-11. So both, they almost went sub-11 with both of them. So the horse actually got held up. So I think he's going to appreciate stepping up to the mile. Um, obviously, you're going to be paying the JMAC tax. But if you look at Kerwin's Lane's record, he's had 19 starts for the mile and he's had nine wins, a second and a third. So it's not bad effort over the mile. Yeah, Kerwin's one you've spoken about a lot, actually. Um, yeah, I think he's one of those horses like – He's always run into a bit of unlucky. Like, he's always been unlucky. He's never actually consistently, like, run well. But he, he, it wouldn't surprise me to see him salute here. Um, I don't like Dark Destroyer. I don't like Skyman either. I think Dragon Leap's a really good chance. I thought he was yeah. really good behind behind Surf Dancer in that BRSP sprint. He, he ran a really good race. Cinnabon. And he's got the D. 
and he's got the D. Cinewan was the interesting runner in that race behind Dragon Leap and Surf Dancer. So if you go back and watch the replay, like he was really just potting along. He was right out back, really potting along. But it was the last 200-metre surge that I really liked. And I think you'll be appreciating stepping up from the 13.50 to the mile. And if you go back and look at his record, he's at eight starts at the mile for two wins, two seconds and a third. So he's got a really good record there and he's actually won. He's three from six second up. So and I didn't I didn't mind the trial that he had on the sunny coast. It, it's hard to get a gauge because it was on the synthetic, but on the sunny coast on the 30 of May. So he's another one that'll be including in the numbers. Um, I just found it was a tough race. It's one of those races where you could probably have a snippet on a couple of horses at odds and hope that um, Antino and and uh, Munamek gets gets done. So, gun to my head, which I know Dana loves, I'd be throwing a little bit on Dragon Leap, a little bit on Cinewine, and probably a little bit on Kerwin's Lane, but just try and make a profit on the race and try and get the two favourites beaten. Yeah, I like I, I like Dragon Leap in that yeah. for some reason. Maybe it's the D. I don't know. It's probably... <laughs> so, race for the Brisbane Cup, 3,200 metres. This race usually dishes up probably your B's and C grade stayers here there, and you'll see there's a couple of horses that have been over the jumps that are actually running this race. So if you're purely looking at it from a betting perspective, it's really hard because this is a handicap. So what you'll find is you'll see horses, some carrying quite heavy weights, like a Salino, for example, and then you've got a lot of horses down there on the minimum around the 53 kilos, yeah? Yeah. So the big thing that I look at with this race is, can any horse that's never won at the distance before? Simple as that. It's 3,200 metres and the likelihood of the horse running the trip, probably minimal. Look at the horses who are hard fit who've probably had a 3,200 metre run under their belt or at least something close to it, maybe 2,800 metres. So that leaves a few horses there. So you look at Tiafilo Star, he came out and won a BM100 over two and a half, um, but over the 2,500 metres with Linda Meach on board. Um, last weekend, actually. So the quick backup, which is really nice. Horse won by six lengths, put up a really, really good figure. He's coming off a 3,400-metre hurdle win and a 3,200-metre hurdle win, carrying 68 and 69 and a half kilos, respectively. So when you look at him, he is hard fit, and he's got one of the best front-running jockeys on board in Tim Clark. Mm, Jesus. Um, I don't think Kukaracha will see out the trip. Um, I think Alibur is in probably the similar boat. Um, Salino, we definitely will see out the trip. And I thought the horse was actually quite good in that. Uh, Andrew Ramsden, which Luna Flair won. That horse, um, that race was a brutally run race, but set up by White Marlin going 20, 20 something lengths above benchmark. And then Luna Flair obviously winning. So I wouldn't be leaving Salino out of your early quarties. Um, he actually beat True, Mar- True Marvel home with Andrew Ramson, but True Marvel then came out the next start, went over the hurdles, over the heavy, carrying 70 kilos, winning by three lengths. So if you're looking at purely from that perspective, I'd literally be – I just think it's a nine, It's between nine, three, and five. Yeah, um, True Marvel's a bit of a favourite of mine. Um, that hurdle win by his in his last race, it was 3,200 metres – Nearly 70 kilos. Um, Heavy deck. God, he's a tough horse. He I sets th- up a very, very similar profile to um, to Teofilo Star, where they're, they're carrying the decent weights and then they drop drop drastically in weight and then obviously they're not going over the hurdles. So to be honest, if you're looking at purely from a speed map perspective, no, no horse is actually going to pester 
Tiafilo star, maybe nerve not verve from the wide draw, but who knows how that horse jumps. So I think if you're purely looking for a gun to your head bet, it's Tiafilo star from me. There you go, Dano. Gun to your head. Gundy head, gun to Oracle's head doesn't mean he's confident. It's just if he had a gun to his head. <laughs> oh, I'm aware. <laughs> so, Oracle, is it worth part of my 20? You could probably put five on TFLA. That's exciting. Hang on. <laughs> um, now, I think True Marvel at $12 in this. I don't know. We, we probably don't need to spend any too much more time on this 3,200-meter race because who the fuck knows in these races? But $12 yep. for True Marvel, I've got to have another crack at him. I just Honestly, if you... If you're looking at it purely from like a like a safe betting strategy, I'd probably put your your big bet on TFLO Star and then your two savers on Salino and True Marvel. Because if you look at it, they're the three that will probably likely run out the trip um, with question marks on the others. So Oracle, am I putting five bucks on the the TFLO uh, Star? Yeah, right. I think it's a target race from Gaybot. Done. I love um, I just love this card. Um, it's just got throwing a thirty two hundred meter race in there as well. This, so, this is up so a bit of different day. Oh, it's so good. So let's go to race five anyway. Uh, it's hardest race mark. of the day. I find this race so hard. I think it, I find it harder than the Stradbroke. Yeah, true. I got no. I got no angle, unfortunately. Yeah, right. Yeah, look at them. They're all dogs. Yeah. Do you, oh, what? Should we skip that one? Let's skip that one and move on to the quaddy legs. Oh, here we go. Now the quaddy. There's going to be a bit in this quaddy this weekend. Yeah, there will be. And we've already given our Stradbroke picks for race eight. So race six, Sky Rate, the Q22. So the Q22. So this is like that usual. It's I think it's worth $1.5 million. So you get 1.2 to the winner. So it's a really good prize money group too. So you'll find a lot of horses stepping up from the from the Doomman Cup to, to run in this race. Now... Let's just touch on market order. I thought without a fight was enormous in that Group 3 Lord Mayor's Cup back there in the end of May. Um, he just went through his gears. He didn't beat much. Like, he beat Lunsi's Berdebeck, who's a, one of my boyfriends, Young Werther. Like, you go back and through it, and he didn't beat anything. But the way he did it, he put up a, an enormous figure, and you could see that he was pulling away at the line as well. So I don't see the step-up in trip being any concern for him. Um You've got Numerian who fought out the finish with Hunter in that Doombin Cup. Um, I thought there wasn't much between them, and as you can see in the market, the market agrees with that. To be honest, I'm, if I was picking a horse to come out of that particular race, I thought Dewis was better. And the reason why that is because she was first up over 2,000 metres. Uh, Hoyters was, what, fifth or sixth run back into his prep, and Numerian was in a similar sort of Boat. So both of those horses were hard fit. So they were probably entitled to fit us a lot stronger than her. I think she's drawn really nicely in Barrier 3 to kind of sit behind that speed, which will likely be set up by Numerian and Serpentine. So I think Dewis is a really good chance. And then the other one which is really interesting is this um, Fame, who I thought was enormous in the derby behind Kovalika, was actually taking off ground Kovalika towards the end there. So... Um, J-Mac is interestingly being booked for this race. So just because the horse brings different form lines, I'd be considering putting it in 
And the other one at odds that I would also consider would be non-conformist. So if you go back and watch that Doombin Cup, the horse was out the back and he never got a crack at them. But the way at which he hit the line and he actually clocked some really good sectionals, some of the fastest of the race. So he was probably a hidden run in that in that race. So I'd probably be, if you're looking for from a quaddy perspective, I'd be doing five, three, five, 12 and 14. And now how bullish are you on Dewey's? Um, you know me, I'm, she's a bit of a girlfriend of mine. So that's purely me from a, like a, looking from a, a semi heart, semi head bet. I think it looks like it's setting up well for her. I think it is as well. I think it's a, it's a definitely a play. And if you look at it, the last time that she ran over 2,200 meters at, in uh, Eagle Farm, she won the Oaks and she dominated them. And good price, man. 750. It's a great price. Yeah. I th- I'll be having a bit on that. I think she's a really good chance. Um, to be honest, those are your quaddy legs. But if you're looking at betting perspective, I'd probably equally stake you without a fight and do ice. Okay. All right. Now the JJ Atkins race seven. Oh, this is one of the more open JJ Atkins I've seen in years. So this is a mile race for two-year-olds. Um, quite a different amount of form lines leading up to it. So probably the main lead-up race to this is the size produce over the 1,400 metres, which was won by, excuse me, Safrado, which is one of the horses that we, we had in our quality leg on the punters club, which was great. Um, we even survived a, a protest from Make a Call, which was good. So um, I think that's a... That's probably the main form line, but then you've also got a few horses coming up from Sydney as well. So I think we'll touch on it in market order. So if you look at Azula, Azula ran round last week over the 1,500 metres in the in the listed Phoenix, um, beating Flying Trapeze. Um, the horse actually got um, eyeballed probably coming down the straight and then actually got uh, headed and then it fought back to actually take the win and it only got up by the barest of margins, but a win's a win. I don't think the horse loses anything with Tim Clark jumping on board, and I think the horse will actually probably get a decent, like a relatively easy lead here with snapback King Colorado and probably Miracle of Love all rolling forward just behind it as well. Um, This Torn Horser, so I I think I've pronounced it well. So he's a... Big, huge, striding horse. So, obviously, a horse like him is probably going to be better suited to his 1,600 metres, 2,000 metres, and maybe beyond later in his career. Um, if you go back and watch the handicap that it, race that he ran in on the 27th of May, it, he was flopped out the back and he took an eternity to wind up. But in that last probably 400 and 200 metres, he was really hitting the line nicely. So, I think the step up to 1,600 metres is going to be perfect for him. Um Snapback, I thought, was really good behind Safrado. Um, I think it was aided by a really good ride from um, uh, from Mark Zara just to get him positioned where he was and gave him every opportunity. Um, Safrado, like we touched on, got the win last in that size produce. I thought he was quite lucky because I thought make a call um, probably could have won that race or should have won that race and was actually really hitting the line hard. Um we also touched on a horse, and I spoke to you boys in our, in our little thread about congregation. So I watched its trial, and remember I said it was a bit of a trial star leading up to this prep. Now it's put two wins together, um, winning a nice little maiden there at um, 
at Canterbury before going to, to a handicap there at Rose Hill last weekend and, and knocking off a horse who I also had in the trial, Black Book in Kudalavita, who I think when she moves into her three-year-old years will be a very, very good horse and potentially be good one to watch for the future. So I think congregation on the quick backup, 1,300 to 1,600 metres is, is a really good chance as well. So... Yeah, I could, and and probably the I think the forgotten horse out of everyone is this Californian who also ran in that size produce. So he's by Justify. So I'd suggest that getting up towards around that sixteen hundred meters or even beyond is probably right up his alley. Gerald Ryan's in absolute flying form at the moment. He's just producing winners left, right, and centre. Ryan Maloney's riding well, and I think I think the horse is a really good chance. So for quaddy numbers, I'd be definitely including it as well. There's a few at odds there. So what do you what do you reckon for the quaddy here? So if we're looking from purely from a quaddy perspective, I'd be chucking in. Um, oh, sorry, I'll just get in, in the running number for you. I'd be going one, three, four, five, six, nine. Yeah. And and leaving it at that. All right. So leaving out the favourite. Yeah, I just think the I just think it's going to be vulnerable with that extra hundred meters, and uh, I think it's going to be made to work with a couple of these ruppies from the wide barrier. Even though I thought the horse was good, but I just think stepping up from the fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred meters might be a bridge too far for it. All right, so we're going wide in that one, and uh, now the last race, race nine, the Dane Ripper. Dane Ripper. So um, one of the main lead-up races, obviously the 1,300 metres, one of the main lead-up races to the Tats Tiara, which is one of the Phillies and Mares Group 1s on in two weeks here at Eagle Farm. Um, I think purely if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, I think Opal Ridge is immoral in this race as long as there's no leader bias. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Hang on, say that again, Oracle. Opal Ridge. I think Opal Ridge is immoral, I think, in this race if there's no leader bias. I just don't. I just don't trust her. And I know that. So, if you're looking at it purely from a perspective of like, don't want to bomb out Nikotti, I'd be going. Uh, hold on, I'll just get in runner number. So I'd be going three, eight, uh, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and seventeen, what and about eighteen. 18? <laughs> I'm never gonna, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I will never, ever not have that horse in there now. Yeah. So you can probably go wide and just pray that you get a roughie up in six, seven. Um, well, probably not six, probably seven or eight. We're just play race nine, look, yeah. Yeah. And look, good run by uh, Muncie in the last, last time as well. Exactly. 26 bucks. So, could, so it depends on, on, on your bank and how well you're going, but you could just stand out Opal Ridge or you go quite quite safe and, and just pray and hope something at odds gets up. Yeah. Oracle, how much of my remaining 15 goes on this? Nothing. Nothing. Just And the reason why that is, Dano, is I've just got concerns with how the track's going to play. So if it's playing on pace, then Opal Ridge is going to be disadvantaged from that wide barrier and its turn of foot's going to be hindered. So I'd just be waiting for those first two races just to see how we go. So the reason why we put the money on Tiafilo Star is, one, we know it's hard fit and it's going to be at the front. So then if we're worried about leader bias, it's already going to get that bias and the odds of it probably shortening are going to be quite heightened because all your big syndicates are going to see that it's the only leader in the race. Gotcha. Not good. <laughs> um, now, so that's it for Eagle Farm. Now, yep. Randwick, you've got a couple for us there. 
We're not yeah, going to go so to Sandown, a, nothing at Sandown. There's one horse at Sandown that I want to touch on, but it, it's not a huge amount. Um, first race, Osmosis. So I think we touched on that. Remember we made it was the multi-builder? Yeah. yeah Remember yeah. that? Yep, yeah. Yes, it was the multi-builder. It ended up one by about two lengths. So it's making its Saturday debut. Now, I know Bjorn Baker has a huge opinion of the horse. So um, Dylan Gibbons is booked. Still has somehow has a one and a half kilo claim. Um, I know the stable are bullish. So just something to watch. We've got Iona Merck in race four. Dylan Gibbons again, funnily enough. Sorry, this is Randwick? Yeah, this is Randwick, race four. Yeah. Iona Merck. I think it just wins that race. So what, you'd, you'd suggest Dano puts a five on Iona Merck? Uh, I think so. I think the horse is doing really well. I thought it won really well. How do you spell that? Iona um, I-O-W-N-A space Merck. Yeah, it's all one word. Race four. Paying 360. And now race six, what else did you like in that? Uh, race six. Um, this so there's there's a bit of a boom on this passy. I think it's passagiata or passagiata. Yeah, what's with all um, these hard to pronounce horses? I don't know. It shits me. But Stop the horse the is phones. an absolute. The horse is an absolute speed demon. It knows one way. So, um, it was very raw in its first ever prep last week. Um, last year, so it came out and won a Gosford Maiden by about four lengths. Then went to Rose Hill on a Saturday and um, stepped up and tripped to 1100 and absolutely blitzed the field over one um, by one and a half lengths. It then failed again uh, racing that, but I think it's maybe end of prep. So apparently the stable have come out and said that the horse has actually grown, which is quite interesting. She's actually like filled out and she's trialed really nicely. She won. She won a trial back in the 19th of May by about nine lengths and then came out and backed it up and did the same thing in early June about a week ago. So. Um, I think the horse is a really good horse. Um, Dollar sixty five is probably a bit bit too short. Yeah, that sounds like it'll be winning though. Now this one I'm excited about race nine. Yeah, so race nine. So I sent this to you guys earlier, probably on was it was it on Wednesday as soon as the uh, as soon as Fields came out or yeah, not yesterday. Not... Yeah. So this horse is a is a so it's, it's has it been met with a bit of support? No. So this um... race. This race has got 14 horses and it's got two emergencies. So the horse isn't actually in the field yet, but just keep an eye and wait for a hopefully a scratching and then the horse gets in the field. So I went back and looked at this field. So I really liked the horse last prep. He was just really, really unlucky and carried the big weights. So if you go back and look at his form, so I'm scrolling back all the way to when he was in New Zealand. So have a look at his run uh, on the 7th of March twenty. Um, 7th of March in 2021, he beat Rockin' Horse, who was a Group 1 Newmarket winner here in Australia, the Quaddy Killer, by 0.2 of a length. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so then he raced a few races over there in New Zealand, then came out here to Australia. He's then got form around I Am Me, who ended up racing in that Oakley Plate, which is one of the ones that you were quite clean on in that race. That's right. He's then raced with figures around Miramia, who won the Group 1 Galaxy. He then, on the 28th of Jan, raced in a handicap carrying 61.5 kilos and came within 0.5 of a length off Think About It, who is now favourite for the Stradbroke. He then, 
Yeah, then he went to another handicap, was within three lengths, carrying again the big weight behind Lindemann, who ended up going on to win the um, one of the, I think, the three-year-old um, races. I can't remember what the race was. There in the in the, one of the derby lead ups there in in Sydney. So if you're looking at purely from a Benny, um from a form perspective, the horse has elite form lines, and this will be the lightest weight he's carried since he's come to Australia. It's the best bet I've ever seen. It really is. So I think all we need to focus on is one. I want the track to be playing fairly. Soft deck doesn't worry me because he's actually got really really good figures there in on soft decks. I just need a good jockey booking, and I think that's the best fifteen dollars shot I've seen in weeks. Yeah, it. Yeah, same here. It's that is unbelievable form lines to be. I think it was sixteens when I got it. It's at fourteens yeah. now, and obviously it's go. still got to get into the race. But is this the one we're already on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it's it's gonna get in. Surely. I might put my other five on that. Another five on it. I reckon put your other four, fifteen on that. I've I've just done a couple. Okay. Five left. Definitely put your five on that. Um, yeah, man, we that thing's got to get in. Do you, just, do you see anything else beating it? Um, you could probably make a case for a few of the horses in the in the field. Um, I think Pizarro, I thought was really good behind conscript last start. Does jump up in weight, loses Alicia Collette and gets um, Tommy Seri. But I thought the horse is really good. It's got a really good track and trip record. Um, Manhood, I think, has been racing all right up here in Brisbane, but he hasn't been setting the world on fire. Um, Lady Luxury, yeah, it was a, it was an if run, and then you're going down through the race. I thought Titanium Power was was quite poor last start at Randwick. So really, when we're looking at purely from a perspective, there's only one real danger to me, and that's the favourite in Pizarro. Yeah, right. Well, God, I hope that gets in. Yeah, so and obviously once once it reaches or gets in the field, you're gonna obviously cop some deductions, but at the same time it wouldn't surprise me to see those odds shorten. Yeah. Now, did you have anything in race ten here or? Um, so race ten, yeah. Remember Gundy Bridge? I was very bullish about the horse. Yeah. So it's racing again after its absolute failure first up um at uh Sandown. That's right. On the heavy line. Yeah. I'm not sure whether we forgive the horse or not. I don't know. He's one second up before and probably appreciates the good decks. Um, I'd be more sit and watch on him more than anything because I think there's some decent horses here. I think Battleton's a decent horse. Yoshino was really good last start. And I think this crafty eagle, I think it's above handicap rating. I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if that horse ended up in listed grade. Okay. Okay. Now, before we let you go to Italy, do you have anything for us on Friday? Oh, I, I thought you never ask. So <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Dubbo tomorrow in race five. Oh, Dubbo! Oh, she okay. didn't spend all my money. Deposit another twenty. <laughs> yeah, what have we got? <laughs> Life's a party. Life's a party. Yeah. What does this yeah, mean? Okay. What does this mean? What do you mean, Dana? What, what, what are we talking here? <laughs> Um, I don't think it's 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 not a complete launch, but it's certainly um, I'm I'm quite confident in it. Let's just say that. Three. Like if we're looking at purely from a unit staking, maybe three and a half to four units. Three ten. Yeah. Life's a party. Okay. Race five double on a Friday. I love that the midweekers have been popping off. Yeah, they've been going well. 
You're probably going to leave us with another one. Now, uh, mate, we, uh, we'll miss you when you're gone. I'll still be sending things, don't worry, and then I'll probably send some because Royal Ascot's coming up um, pretty soon, so I'll be sending through some Royal Ascot mail um, that we can post up there. It might not be any bets, but it might be just horses to watch out for or horses to keep an eye on or if you're a sicko, just putting money on them. (laughs) (laughs) And, yes, we are definitely all sickos. All right, mate, thanks so much. Appreciate Pleasure, it. lads. Have a good, have a good night, eh? Yeah, you too, Oracle. Thank you. Cheers. See you.